Get ready. Get ready. For the Steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Steak Shapiro. We've been doing this a long time, and I know what you're thinking. You're so youthful and relevant. The young people come to you in droves. Sandra Golden. I know! And little did we know it meant two different things. Rusty Menzel. You don't treat people that way and make Rusty rocks. And Drew Butler. What are you going to say when it happens that I'm the man? Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to a Tuesday morning on the Steakhouse. My name is Stephen Steak Shapiro. Yeah, folks ask me sometimes. Do you, well, folks ask this question. Is that your real name? Is that what your mom named you? And I just take a deep breath and I say, listen, nice little Jewish boy from Boston. Comes out July 9th, 1966. Do you really think that my mom looked at me and my dad and said, we dub him Steak? Well, maybe they, you know, had an affinity for red meat or something, but no. The real name is not Steak, so we can clear that one up. But I do want to mention this to you, and I'm anxious for your reaction. At Starbucks, I, and I will, I am the first to admit that... I probably could have that lake house I've wanted for years if I had taken Starbucks out of my life about 10 years ago, five years ago. My brother was in town. My, my whole family, it's bad, and it, it's obnoxious. We're, we're all dialed in. To, there's a million ways to do coffee, but we spend way too much on Starbucks. And my brother, Day Dave, ever talked to you about my brother Bram, who's uh, two years older than me, who's a lawyer in Boston? No, no, not really. The very different from Steak Shapiro. Very different. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. Uh, <laughs> lawyer, fastidious, um, serious guy, serious mindset. Then have the shenanigans. He doesn't bet Detroit in the over and, and like, stress all on Sunday, right? He saved every penny he's ever made. So he gave my kids a speech. Um, he's like, what do, you think guys, what do you guys think you spend on Starbucks? And my daughter's like, I don't know. Like, she didn't want to hear it. And he's like, well, let me just give you an example. Like, if you just didn't go to Starbucks for a year and you added it up, and maybe you guys are spending $35 a week. At $35 a week, that's $140. And 140 times whatever, now you're at 1000 a year. And after three or four years, you realize you could, guys could take a vacation to, like, you know, Aruba if you just <laughs> slowed down. Like, right. he, had, he had the whole – and my, my daughter Sophie just looked at him and goes, but we like Starbucks. <laughs> like, okay, but then we don't get our coffee. She's like, I don't want to hear this. So that's the big joke in the house. Don't tell Bram, that's my brother, they are going to Starbucks. But um, anyways, I was there this morning and put my name in, and somebody goes, Steak! Steak! And I was like, I didn't know if it was a key and peel. <laughs> like, do you know how many times they've seen S-T-E-A-K? And said, "Steak, like maybe it just doesn't connect, or is that really?" Dumb? Was it an accent or something? Did they have like an accent? Is that why they may have said no? It like that? These are like <laughs> they see st. I think it's weird because. So you tell me, is 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 that ridiculous? I've never heard anybody say it that way. I'll be honest with you. Steak, steak. <laughs> so they're 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 seeing. You know, they they grab the the cup and they're just reading off it. 
And maybe they're assuming, like, that's not a real, like, steak's not a name, so it's got to be something else, right? So, that's too, yeah, maybe. That, that, that's very possible. That's no, very no, possible. dude, it's like a, it's like a Key and Peele skit. A-A-Rod. 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 <laughs> Steak. Like, think about, oh, we going to play that? Uh-huh. You better. A-A-Rod. Hey, Steak. Yo, Steak. <laughs> Not even kidding. Happened again today. It's like the third time. No, that is, that's Steak. As if somehow I should be chastising them. Like, that's a real name. Like, dude, you're going to come up and give me a hard time when you walk around as a grown-ass man and your name's Steak? So, um, anyway. Well, don't feel bad. I'm a grown-ass man, and my wife says, why are you still called (laughs) Day-Day? Yo, what's up, (laughs) Day-Day? Yeah. Going to be like 75 years old. He's got his, like, 17 grandkids. And it's like, what's up, (laughs) Day-Day? Sitting out there on the porch, right? Yeah, that is kind of a kid's name, right? Anyways. Steak. Get your coffee, Steak. I say, I'm over here at Steak. What? No, not even worth it. Anyways. Uh, kind of an interesting night coming up. Somebody just asked me if I was going to go see LeBron and the Lakers tonight. I'm excited for my friend Steve Coonan, Andrew Saltzman, Chief Revenue Officer of the Hawks. It's going to be a big night. You know, like, I know enough about the ticket business to know that when the schedule comes out, Circle Warriors, Circle Lakers, Circle Phoenix, Circle Boston, Circle Knicks. These are going to be good nights. When the Lakers come in day-day on a Tuesday, that's really good. Why? Because if it's – I used to say Sacramento. But, but, Sac, but Sacramento the Sacramento is um, actually a good team. So let's say the Wizards. If the Wizards are there on Tuesday, right. it's not going to be a good night, right? right. Mm-hmm. If the Wizards are there on a Saturday night, it might be okay. you're, you'll be okay. Yeah. So you want your best teams – on off nights, right? Correct. And while your worst team sometimes on the weekends. Anyways, getting the Lakers on a Tuesday night, getting LeBron and AD. Yep. So I lived here when Michael would come in, and during the last four or five years of his career, even with the Wizards, it's like, how many more times are you going to get to see Michael Jordan? You get a chance to see him, exactly. You know, that's why we filled up when he came back. We filled up the Georgia Dome with 70,000 people Mm -hmm. for that game. Yep. Um, But uh, so, so they're in tonight. And Carolina's here tonight, right? And in both cases, having gone and watched Georgia Tech in huge ACC games over the years and having watched the Hawks compete recently, like these games don't have the juice that they should have, right? No, unfortunately they don't. Um, A, I mean, you know, you got our very own Hawks team just struggling right now. And then the Lakers on their side, they're they're struggling too. But it's a chance to see LeBron. Who is, I think he's got a little gray in that yeah. beard, too. You notice well, that? Well, let me ask you something. Do you feel like he has that, uh, to your point about Jordan, do you feel like he has that kind of like, oh, I don't know how many more times I'll get a chance to see LeBron? Do you nope. think he's kind of played past that? No, he hasn't played past it. I mean, uh, but what I would say is it's not Jordan. Right. But but you only he comes in once a year, so maybe LeBron will be back in Atlanta two more times. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to see LeBron live, you get two more chances maybe after this year. Right. And then Carolina, who's loaded anyway as well. So that's part of our night at nine on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top nine at nine. Nine on the Steakhouse. Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. So we know where the press conference is going to be. It's next Monday for Raheem Morris. They got Senior Bowl and other stuff going on. So 
Um, makes sense. Raheem Morris will light up the room, make Falcon fans feel good, and rightfully so. More and more we hear about him. I'm very excited to see him uh, in front of the media on Monday. A couple of uh, hires, though, that have taken place officially. You know Zach Robinson is the offensive coordinator. Jimmy Lake, a Rams assistant. Man, you talk about coming with the ones you know. Raheem's been with these guys last few years. What's Jimmy Lake's uh, history? I'll ask Garrett that question. Yeah, so Jimmy Lake, he he was with the the Washington Huskies for a little while at the college ranks, and uh, he, he he put together as some what, as what defensive coordinator. Okay, so he was yeah. the defensive coordinator there. Uh, I think he was the defensive coordinator on that college football playoff team uh, back in like what 2017, I want to yep. say. The one and, that came to Atlanta played Alabama. Yep, and they got uh, not so pretty, but. Uh, he put together some really good defenses at the college level, but this is his first stint as a defensive coordinator at the NFL level. It was a head coach over there at Washington. Not super great. And then they brought in Kalen DeBoer, and he, of course, changed everything, took him to the uh, national championship game last year. But Jimmy Lake really specializes with defensive backs, so I think he'll come in here and he'll work alongside of Raheem Morris. We don't know who's actually going to be calling plays. That's going to be one of those questions I'm going to send you to uh, – Flowery Brand or Mercedes-Benz Stadium to go ask Coach Raheem Morris whenever he yeah, does that's, his that's introductory where conference. That's where they're doing the press conference, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, I love that, man. I might have I to come with you. Yeah, not at the foundation. Asking fa- that question. Not at the foundation and not in Flowery Branch at Mercedes-Benz. I have a feeling they'll do it right on the field. Why do I think that may happen? Yeah, I don't think that would be the craziest place to do it. Yeah. They have a whole media set-up room back there, so I might I know, do it there. I th- well, I-, I have a feeling they may do it right on the field with the folks. We'll see. Hey, uh, a couple of uh, coaching moves. Michael Petrie, running back coach, Dwayne Lefford, uh, offensive line coach. They're staying with the Falcons. T.J. Yates, who coached the wide receivers, local kid, quarterback in the league for a long time. He is now going to be the quarterback coach. Seems to make sense. Why do I have a feeling he's going to be working with a couple of uh, young quarterbacks? Like a third rounder named Desmond Ritter and like a first rounder, uh, assuming the Falcons trade up to get a quarterback or decide to take one in the second round or first. I saw a draft projection we just looked at it day day that had Bo Nix at like 10 yeah and JJ McCarthy at like 11 that seems really early to pull the trigger on those guys right it does but uh quarterbacks are they're they're a need they're still a need around this league right I now understand, so but, but, and you only have three going in that three the, guaranteed for that the, first the round. Atlanta Falcons are not taking a quarterback at eight if their name isn't Daniels May or Caleb, and they're not going to be around. So either they're going to have to trade up, or they're going to go get uh, the best defensive player on the board and hope. Uh, That's sec- what I think they should do, honestly. Well, then who's their quarterback if they don't trade for Justin Fields? Because Kirk Cousins, by the way, at our nine and nine rumors are two years at ninety million dollars. His age is looking for forty-five million. And I pop. think he wants it guaranteed. Well. It's going to be fascinating because Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot will answer about 12 different ways. How, they're going to be asked 12 different ways. What's the plan for quarterback? And their answer is going to be the same. We're going to try to figure something out. Like they know. Like they don't know if the Bears are moving uh, Justin Fields. They don't know who's willing to move in the top three. Patriots need a quarterback. Do the commanders need a quarterback? They're not going to pass on Caleb uh, Daniels or Drake May. I would not. Uh, Jaden Daniels or Drake May. It's going to be fascinating top of the draft. Anyway, when we come back, you don't want to keep this guy waiting. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. Uh, he talks NFL. He's got a lot of opinions. He's one of the best sports talk radio hosts 
you're going to find. He'll join us. Mike Conti, 10 o'clock, talking NBA. All kinds of stuff on the way. 9 o'clock hour, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Advanced Hair Restoration. One-day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. I'm flying solo, kind of. we got a whole team together as well. Should be a fun two hours. Sit tight. Don't call me Steak. And come back. It's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This is Boomer Science with the CBS Sports Minute. The hottest pre-Super Bowl 58 swag in Kansas City are T-shirts reading in Spags We Trust with images of Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo is the only coordinator, offensive or defensive, to win Super Bowls with multiple teams. It's the Steakhouse. Yeah, let's go. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game is the Steakhouse on the biggest, baddest sports talk radio station in the Southeast, home of the Falcons, home of United, home of the Hawks, home of the Super Bowl, all kinds of great stuff. And joining us now, one of my old friends here, who is uh, one of the better radio guests. It's hard to get him. He's a very popular guy. I mean, you have to be on his schedule. you got to be focused. You have to, you know, really be on top of your game. We're going to talk to Pete Prisco, the one and only CBS Sports Mr. Prisco, talking NFL. Good morning, sir. How are you? What's up, Steak? How are you? It's good to talk to you. I just heard from Mike Johnson, our morning guy. He worries that you and Brady Quinn, when you do that CBS sports stuff, that things are going to get, you know, next level. Kind of like, uh, what was it, the, the Ravens kicker and uh, and uh, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You guys okay? You and Brady Quinn on that show? Oh yeah, we're very, we're good friends, man. It's just, just sometimes I got to set him straight. You know, he play he always has to pull the I played in the league card, and I got to set him set him straight on that one. All right, so uh, I want to get to your thoughts on the NFC and AFC title games, but first, from the outside looking in, um, what did you think of the Atlanta Falcons coaching search? Where they landed, where they did not land, and your perception of where the franchise sits today. Let me start with the Bill Belichick situation. Uh, obviously, that was uh, he wanted it on his own terms, and they weren't willing to give him his own terms. And you know, I understand that. How committed is he? Uh, he's not a young guy anymore. How long did he want to be there? Um, and you know, what did, what did it mean for other people in the organization? And we know how that works. Guys protect their own. They protect their own jobs. And so I think that ultimately led to you know going in another direction. As far as Belichick. If Belichick wanted to coach, he's still one of the greatest coaches of all time. Bill Belichick as general manager and president and making all the football decisions hasn't been great. And I think that's where the rub came, and I think that was the problem with making him the coach and giving him all that power. So I understand that. That makes sense. As for Raheem Morris, I think Raheem Morris, the first time around, he'll be the first one to admit it. He wasn't ready for it. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't mature enough. Uh, it was a, kind of overwhelming to him. I think Raheem Morris, the second time around, is going to be a great coach. I think he's he's figured things out. He's smart. He relates to the players. Uh, he understands what it takes to be a successful team now that he's been around them. Uh, and I think Raheem Morris, second time around, will be significantly better and, and much more committed and much more of a guy you want as your head coach this time around. You know, you and I have been doing this a, a while, and I don't put too much stock sometimes in, you know, guys you work with giving you praise, but I've never heard guys like Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, insert countless uh, other folks saying by far the best coach not being a head coach right now is Raheem Morris. 
the impact he had on the Rams, the impact he had on the Falcons, part of that Super Bowl run. He's just a guy that the other folks in the business think the world of. I love Raheem. I think he's, you know, he's a people person. He's, um, and I think the players relate to him. Um, I think that's important in today's game. you got to yeah. be able to relate to the players. you got to be able to know when to push, but when not to push. Do, and I think that's a fine line. Do, do you believe that the Bill Belichick style of kind of miserable um, in the building, total focus, we're not here to jack around, it's becoming less and less relevant? Or is it if you're winning, all of that is cured, which a lot of Patriots will say, yeah, it was miserable, but when you're getting rings, we're okay. You know, I don't know if miserable flies anymore. I think when you look at it, it's got to be more one of those things where you can't be that way all the time anymore. I mean, we're we're talking about a different type of, uh, you know, player, a different type of guy who comes up through, you know, younger. They're younger. I mean, you, you know, you're around younger people. They're different than maybe we were back in the day. And I think you got to handle it that way. Um, you know, you know, when we played football, you, you got no water breaks and you got one water break and right. you, you've had three practices and pads. You can't do that. Anymore. Well, even even 15 years ago, there were double sessions and film for three hours. Now, agents and everybody else like that. That's not that's not the way it goes. You're in pads once every I don't know, five days or something like that. So there is a different mentality. And not only that, you know, the players now have more clout. I mean, if right. a quarterback making all that money and says, look, I don't want it to be done this way, what are you going to do about it? What are they going to do? I mean, got, he's the quarterback. He makes all the money. He's, and he puts you in cap situations. So I think it's become a little bit more like the NBA where the players have more power, which is fine. But you also can't have country club. And players and coaches have told me this over the years many times. They want and they crave discipline. They just want it to be consistent. If you're going to be consistent day in and day out, if you show up and you're consistent and and you treat everybody the same, which is, you know, they say that, but it doesn't really happen because stars get treated differently than, than, than grunts on a roster. But they want consistency. They want to know what it is. I want to show up. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And if you do this, this, and this, I'm going to be okay with you. If you don't do this, then we're going to have a problem. I think that's what they want. They want it all outlined like that, and I think that's the way it always should have been. Pete Prisco with us from CBS Sports. All right, we've got a bunch of stuff to get to. Um, Dan Campbell, all year long, going forward on fourth down. That's his style. You were incredibly critical on Sunday. Um, you thought that the situation lended itself maybe to change the way he does things. What did you think about what he did and when he did it? Hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. And I will say it again, I hated it. And, and by the way, I've been critical of the way he's played at points during the season as well, not just in that game. I'll go back to a game where he got away with one against the Chargers. They had a fourth down late in the game. Uh, they kick a field goal, they go up fourth and two. They go If they kick the field goal, they go up three with under a minute left and Chargers had one timeout. What did he do? He went for it. Then he burned clock, kicked the field goal, won the game. But why, why take that risk? What's the point of that? It makes no sense to me. So I didn't like it then. I didn't like it in the championship game. I think you are get a chance to go up 17. It changes the complexion of the game. You have three scores. All of a sudden, the 49ers look up and they go, oh, my gosh, we're down three scores, and we only have this amount of time to try and get back into it. It changes flow. It changes the feeling. It changes the momentum, and it did. And then, you know, you can't quantify that. You just can't by analytics. And I know the analytics numbers said it was close. I still don't agree with that. Um, and then, you know, human beings matter, by the way. You know, when you do analytics, do you know that the left guard wasn't playing and that right. he got pushed back on that play? And, and that's why they gave up that incompletion. 
uh, a drop pass. They blame the player. Drop pass. Well, that happens. That's part of the All right, so the, so the fourth the fourth quarter decision when he says, I don't want them to play long ball. Even um, if we go up three, they're getting the football. We're not stopping them. Every drive in the second half, you still didn't like that call either. No, you tie the game, and then the pressure goes right game, back right. to them. Yeah, tie the game. Yeah, I mean, the pressure goes right back to them. Then you have Brock Purdy in a situation where he's got – and he did it the week before, but show me again. Go get your points. I mean, as it turned out, they went for it, didn't get it. They went and got points. The game was over. They were going to – you know what I mean? So why not – if they went and got points uh, and didn't bleed the clock all the way down, you might have had a chance to yeah, go back and, and get – And stranger things have happened. You're in a tie game at home. Brock Purdy drops a snap. I saw it happen with the Falcons and Matt Ryan one year just out of the blue – um, and next thing you know, it's like, wow, Niners just turned it over. We have the ball and we're tied, or, which you can't say if you're down by three, which is what you were, and then you're down by 10. But here's the other part of that stake. Okay, I'll, I'll spin it forward again. Okay, at the end of the game, um, the, the play where he ran it and then called timeout, everybody kills him on that one. Okay, rightfully so, deserve it, deservedly so. Why didn't he kick the field goal when it was fourth and goal? He, he got away with that one, too, remember? Yeah. He, he, it was yeah, fourth down and goal he, from the two. You kick the field goal, games, it's a seven-point game. You don't get that. The game's over. You kick the field goal, you live another bay. By the way, every bet, every better in America was tied to that play. Otherwise, that game ends in a push, and it turns right. out the Lions cover. But you're right. Other than the fact, Pete, that you're already never going to – you're not going to get that close for a touchdown. You're going to need a touchdown at some point, and the odds of getting that close – on an onside kick or whatever it is, but I understand what you're saying in that situation. Well, then there's some theory that you kick that with a you know a minute to thirty Earlier, left, right? To get in right. The field goal range, at one forty-five kick. At one forty-five kick. Right. It. Yeah. Right. Pete, right. Pete Prisco with us on uh, Sports Radio nine two nine. The game. How much heat does Lamar Jackson deserve, and how much does Todd Monk and only six running back carries in the game? Well, six running back carries in the game is absurd, and, and I like Todd. I think he's a really good play caller. I think he got away from him the other day. Uh, and I know, I mean, when you look at what the what the Chiefs did, they played almost all, you know, five and six defensive backs. you got to run into that. You're one of the best running teams in the league. So he, he didn't have a great moment. Lamar Jackson didn't have a great game. And, and now the question is there again about the playoff failures. He's, you know, two and four in the postseason. He's, you know, done that score in the post postseason other than that game last week against the Texans. And so I think uh, there's a lot of scrutiny Totally on that fair. Moment. Totally fair. Yeah, but it's no different than when Josh Allen took it a week before. I mean, but but Judge. let's also look at it this way. They're losing to Michael Jordan. I mean, they're losing to the, 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 maybe the best quarterback we've ever you, seen. You, and, and, yeah, but you can't compare Josh Allen's efforts the week before and how Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson looked awful. Oh, I, I agree with you. But but I'm saying the disdain that came to Josh Allen over the course of, you know, the, the week before Josh Allen took abuse. I mean, he yeah. just, because, uh, you know, he can't win the big one. Da, 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 and he played a really good game other than a couple throws late in the game. Lamar Jackson didn't play well at all. Who were you, mo- who were you most impressed by how they handled their coaching opportunity, either by firing and hiring the right guy or sticking with the guy that you think they should have hung in there with? In terms of the the, the offseason, yeah, I mean, getting getting Harbaugh is a win for the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, come on, the right. guy's a great coach. He wins everywhere, every single place he goes. And why does he win? Because he builds physical, tough, nasty, violent teams in this right. league. And, and the more I'm around it, the more you're around it. I'm sure you know. It's it's the quarterbacks. You got to have the quarterback. But once you have the quarterback, you better be violent on both defensive and offensive lines because that's how you win. If you're good on both 
defensive offensive lines are going to win in this league, provided you have a quarterback. And, and they have a quarterback, and they're going to be physical. So I think that's, that's the slam dunk. By the way, I, you know, just to give the Falcons a point of reference for Falcons fans a point of reference, I remember you know, about analytics and going for it and everything. I remember when Mike McDaniel was on that staff, when they went for it, on, and I, I remember talking to Mike, and I said, hey, if you had just taken three knees or run the ball three times, you have a Super Bowl ring. And Mike looked at me and he said, well, our analytics said this and this. And I said, I don't care what your analytics say. You're in a Super Bowl. You got, remember, after Julio makes the catch. No, no, we all remember, to... buddy. We all remember. Yeah. Yeah. That, game, that game was so, over. Just run I mean, the ball game, three times. Right. You know, right. we, were having, we, were having, we were having a pleasant conversation. Well, I got to, you know, because that one, that one I mean, you know, you know how much I, I had a, uh, I love Matt Ryan and Thomas watching and, him play and, and you know so yeah it was just Mike you know Mike Smith wasn't there but even back in the day when Mike Smith was there but I you know look bottom line is you can't always trust the analytics you got to coaches have to have some feel of a game and by the way the analytics numbers I've always said this the analytics numbers are based on fourth and one right it's the one yard line the, the yeah. play sheet they, they do that if the ball was on the inch line it says fourth and one. If the ball is just inside the two, yeah, that's one it and says three fourth and one. Yeah. Are they the same play? Right. They're not the same play. Hey, Pete, thanks for coming on. Always enjoy having you. By the way, don't pick against Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I picked the 49ers to win it all before the season. Yeah. I'm getting off that. I don't know, car. dude. They, at nine, I'm getting off by that the cable way, car. Mahomes has been the underdog 11 times. He's only not covered that number once. I'm picking. That's what I'm saying. I'm getting off the cable car. I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm not picking against Mahomes. All right. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. When we come back, the big boys are in town. Two of the biggest brands in the history of sports in the ATL on the same night. We'll do a tailgate coming up. Sports Radio 929 The Game. It's the Steakhouse on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Now, A-A-Ron. Yeah? Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking, you know, I said it like four times, so why didn't you say it the first time I said A-A-Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron? Son of a bitch! 9.44. Hey, Steak! <laughs> it's the Steak House right here. I'm not kidding. Last couple of times I've been at Starbucks... They have announced my order as Steak. So Steak comes up front. I'm still trying to understand that. Did your parents really call you Steak? <laughs> there you go. Yes, Coach Rick. Um, you know, uh, no, they actually don't call me Steak. I'm, I'm trying to think of my mom as I have. My kids, though. Have you ever yeah, seen? I've heard Bobby <laughs> Hey, Steaky. <laughs> you heard him at the airport yeah. doing that? That's <laughs> uh, funny, dude. Yeah, every so often, Sophie, the baby Sophie, will say, Hey, Steak, what's going on? She'll call and just, uh, we have fun with it. So, um, I'm still, I, listen, here's what I would say, and Bo, we didn't get to talk about it. When you grab one of these cups and you're just looking at, you know, the words, S-T-E-A-K, you just don't think of a guy named Steak. So, they're trying to figure out what the name is, right? So, I don't know, man. I'm Steak. This is the Steak House. Most of us can still read, though. Like, there's no <laughs> way that it's pronounced Steak. Don't try to, don't try to <laughs> overthink it. I'm just just say it how dude, it's happened the last three. Do you understand how many times I get called Bow? 
Like, how do you get – clearly B-E-A-U might be difficult to pronounce for people, but Bow? Come on. B-E-A-U? They're saying Bow? Yes. Like Bow Wow? Yeah. I get a lot of Bews also, which that makes sense. <laughs> Bew, beautiful. Okay. Bow? Bow. B-E-A-U. Okay, so you, you just, people get confused, man. People aren't smart. People are not smart. Sorry. Anyways, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to get to. Um Sandra's off today. She's visiting her mom. I'm hoping her with some uh, medical appointments down in Florida. She'll be back with us Thursday. Rusty Manziel. Rusty really gave a beautiful invitation that we swung and missed. He's going to uh, the uh, Georgia-Alabama game tomorrow night. That's a huge game. Very huge. Yeah. I mean, Bama is loaded. They just beat Auburn last week. They're, They're first in the SEC. And he's got. Uh, he invited me down there, to, uh, but I have a prior engagement. I'm. Um, you guys ever been to Barnsley Resort, which is a tremendous spot, about 50 minutes from Atlanta. So I'm going up there. They're a big uh, partner of ours at Atlanta Eats and uh, our our company, Bread and Butter. So uh, I'm going up there to have dinner and spend the night, kind of a tranquil little getaway, and I'll be back here on Thursday morning. But I was close to saying, man, Georgia, Alabama. Stegman Coliseum, a night out with Rusty Manziel, maybe drive in his car and see what Rusty Rocks is like live, right? How did that journey Rusty Rocks go? Sounds like he hit it. He's been hitting out of the park lately. Yeah, uh, he nailed that one. Yeah. Hey, Bow, uh, uh, is he, he's been crushing Rusty Rocks lately, no? Oh, yes. Rusty's uh, musical library or catalog is very diverse. Yeah, it really works. So. Well, you know, and he had those two weeks off, too, so that probably gave him a nice little reset. I know. The high school championships we allowed him. We gave him a bye. Then the Falcons thing. So he's come back hard. Hard. Swinging hard. Um, anyway, lots to get to. Let's do uh, – I want to talk about the two major – Brands, you know, I'm kind of obsessed on like the business marketing ends of what brands and what companies, and, and two of the biggest are in town tonight. But first, Day um, Day is going to help out as we do uh, the tailgate. It's time to tailgate. No, we tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by All Four Seasons Garage and Entry Doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. We'll talk about uh, who's in town tonight with Georgia Tech, but I, I do want to refer to this um, on three article that talks about Paul Feinbaum who has revealed who he thinks won the college football offseason. No surprise, guys. Feinbaum says they think it's Ohio State. They won the offseason because they did so poorly at the end of the season. What Ryan Day did was completely shut down all of that. Right now, he's going to beat Michigan. Michigan's not the same program it was four weeks ago today, and we all know that as well. Ryan Day has to get to the playoffs and beat Michigan, and he should be able to do that. Remember, they had six players in the portal, highlighted by five-star prospect Caleb Downs and Julian Sayan. Downs, the first... Alabama freshman to lead their team in tackles in program history. Well, he is headed to Columbus. Saying never played a snap for Bama, the number one quarterback in the 2024. He's headed there as well. And the hiring of Billy O'Brien, who had such success at Alabama as their offensive coordinator, could not be more impressive. He also mentions LSU, done a great job recruiting and in the portal. So is Old Miss and Missouri. He looks at them as the big winners. So one Big Ten team, three SEC teams. 
winning the portal and winning the offseason so far, according to Paul Feinbaum. Hard to argue with any of that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's spot on. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State looks like they are dangerous. Yeah, they, yeah and the, the transfers they've got. I mean, dangerous. Yeah, they, they're definitely a favorite, in my opinion. Yeah, playing with a chip on their shoulder also. All right, what's going on? Uh, what else we got? Well, you talked about the two brands coming in town tonight. Of course, one of them being Georgia Tech taking on UNC, the Tar Heels. Uh, unfortunately, man, things just not going well in year one. Two and seven in conference play, nine and 11 in playing. Uh, arguably one of the best teams in college basketball right now in UNC. Yeah, UNC 17 and three. They're nine and zero in a always tough ACC. I told you, man, I watched uh, them up close in that Kentucky game. Garrett and I were talking about it. I don't know that I've seen a better college basketball game. I'm almost going to say in my life in terms of talent on both ends than watching Carolina and Kentucky in the the blue chippers running up and down. Now, now Carolina's built around some transfer portal guys. Kentucky's built around a lot of great freshmen. But tonight, an undefeated Carolina team. Here's what makes no sense, Day Day. Mm -hmm. They beat Clemson on the road. They beat Duke. Those are quad one or quad two wins right there, right? Um, And yet everybody else, they lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Boston College. They lost to Pitt. They lost by 25 to Virginia Tech. Damon Stoudemire needs some horses in town. I don't know what happens tonight. I'll give you a spread on it. But uh, Lakers also the other brand we're talking about, but not in college basketball. And the other big game I referenced as well, which is tomorrow night, Georgia's got Alabama. Yeah, Georgia, um, look, coming off the loss to Florida, uh, I still think we talked about it yesterday in the bullpen. I think right now they're going to have to have a really crazy run to kind of make the dance. Right now they're on the outside looking in. Uh, if you looked at the BPI uh, uh, rankings, I think they're 72 or something like that. But not an easy stretch coming up for for the dogs. Um, let's see. They've got in the next, what, four or five games, they got Bama, who we just said tomorrow night, Gators again, Mississippi State, and then Auburn twice. That's among the remaining schedule. So Is that Gators this Saturday, I assume? Uh, the I, next Gators game for them is actually on. Are they, are no, they, it's a little later, actually. I'm looking at it so right now. So they're off this weekend, I guess that means? Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, no, they got South Carolina on Saturday. Okay, so that's a huge game. Yeah, that's South a Car- By the way, South Carolina's third in the SEC, thanks to the guy on Twitter who reached out and said, dude, yesterday you're talking about Bama, you're talking about Auburn, you're talking about Kentucky, you're talking about Florida, you're talking about Tennessee, who is loaded. South Carolina's third in the league. They are at Stegman this weekend, I would assume. Um, yes. And uh, that's a great opportunity for Georgia as well. So yep. anything else we need to Yeah, know? real quick, I want you, because you brought this up yesterday. So this whole Providence documentary that's dropped, uh, the former coach um, that you, you were explaining about the, the job, he had already accepted the job at his next location. But now apparently the, the director of the documentary claims that he's getting threats from uh, Jeff Goodman, uh, that they don't want this documentary documentary to be released. I don't understand. What does Jeff Goodman have to do with it? Uh, I he apparently is uh, involved some kind of way. It just says this is the documentary. Hold on, I don't lost my page. See, all right. Let me just say this. Ed Cooley, I assume you're referring. Yes, to. Ed Cooley. This is the documentary. Ed Cooley and Jeff Goodman do not want you to see. Okay, Ed Cooley is from Providence. Ed Cooley bolted on a tournament team to stay in the league and coach Georgetown. He just came to Providence 
with as nasty and angry a crowd as we've ever seen in college basketball. He is hated in a great basketball town, Providence. He basically signed his Georgetown deal before the NCAA tournament last year where Providence gets bounced in the first round, and fans believe that it was Benedict Arnold at the highest level. Nobody has ever left one Big East team to go to another Big East team, and that's part of what the documentary you're probably referring to. So, um, again, uh, watching Ed Cooley bolt on his team and go to Georgetown, an awful Big East team, is something they'll never forget. And I watched the game on Saturday. That was as nasty a crowd that loathed Ed Cooley as I've ever seen. Divine Providence is the name of the documentary. Yeah, that's a great tradition of basketball there as well. Hey, when we come back, Mike Conti, real simple question, Mike. I don't understand why this has happened to the Hawks. He'll help explain. And who's going to be the next guy to go for 70 points? It's Sports Radio 92.9 again.